do it. <laughs> you know, every, I, I mean, every entrepreneur that I've ever talked to, right. They don't say that, you know, I've never met one that says, man, I wish I didn't become an entrepreneur or launch that business. Or I wish I would have waited five years or 10 years longer to launch that business. Most of the time, the answer is, man, I wish I would have done it sooner. So there's no better time than the present. You know, obviously you want to do it smartly. Make sure you have your ducks in a row. You're prepared. Uh, you prepare yourself for taking that entrepreneurial leap and being financially, uh, mentally, and, uh, and physically health uh, in line to do that. And uh, don't wait, you know, don't wait, get it done and, and start today. And don't be one of those people like even myself, I, I say, hey, I really enjoy what I do. The only regret I have is I wish I would have started a little bit earlier. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and we're always here to help. Now today we've got a, another great guest on the podcast, Lawrence Sprung. And uh, Lawrence uh, started out his, his entrepreneurial journey at around uh, age 11 or 12 when he uh, uh, was an entrepreneur from the beginning and started a newspaper career. Um, and then his uh, mom was uh, diagnosed with cancer around uh, 12 years old. Um, and uh, dad uh, struggled uh, with uh, balancing business and family and mom and lots of things going on with life. And uh, so he uh, felt like an advisor would be helpful to him and uh, decided or and with that uh, decided to do uh, some financial wealth and uh, management planning. And so uh, out of college, uh, started a career um, doing that. Um, for uh, working for larger financial firms. And then in around 2004, started uh, his own uh, firm. And uh, they're coming up on the, the 19th year there in this October. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Lawrence. Hey, thanks, Devin. Thanks very much for having me. I didn't realize I was a newspaper mogul at uh, 11, but uh, you made it sound a lot more glamorous <laughs> than it was. So thank you for that. Hey, absolutely. Anything I can, uh, anything I can do to, uh, or to increase the, uh, increase the, the myth, the, the myth that goes behind you. So <laughs> thank you. Well, awesome. Well, uh, so with that, I gave kind of a, a much more condensed version to a much longer journey. So why don't we uh, rewind and unpack that a bit? So, uh, tell us a little bit about how your uh, newspaper, uh, or empire got started around age 11 or 12. Yeah. So, I mean, really, I just wanted to make some extra money to have some spending cash. So uh, at 11 years old, there are, you know, especially here in New York, there are very few things that you can do to actually make money and on the books and, and having a newspaper out was one of them. So, uh, you know, it was something I delved into, started the, uh, the newspaper route. And it, it was great because it, it, it taught me a lot of things that I think a lot of 11 year olds aren't exposed to in terms of and keep in mind back then when i was 11 there was no like auto bill there was no auto credit card for the most part we literally went door to door and collected every week for the newspapers we delivered so it, it taught you a lot about you know working with people understanding people selling because we, we wanted to sell new subscriptions also that was one of my responsibilities 
And also just, you know, getting to know people and learning to interact with them and seeing them on a weekly or biweekly basis to collect mm -hmm. that uh, newspaper fee was, uh, you know, was something that was invaluable at the age of 11, for sure. I think that's invaluable at any age. I think it'd be great. I mean, I think people get all the way through college. A lot of times they get all the way through their working career. They never really have to go through, hey, and at the end of the day, I, I'm a believer that every job there's an you have to be good at sales. Now it's whether it's selling yourself, whether it's selling an idea, whether it's selling your, you know, the product. And so the more you can get it, I think that experience in earlier age always sets you up for a greater amount of success. And so um, kudos to you and, and uh, tackling that at an early age. So so now you start your uh, your newspaper empire and you did that for a period of time, uh, went off to and then, you know, during that time, I think you mentioned that, you know, Mom got cancer. Dad had to juggle a lot of things and kind of impact you or, or say or continue to, um, you know, set your journey on a certain course. So maybe uh, help or give us a little bit of uh, details on that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, shortly after I started that, yeah, as you mentioned, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer at a very early age. She was in her 30s. I was, you know, 12 uh, or 13 in that range. And, uh, you know, it changes a lot of, it changes a lot of things. Um, you know, I still had the newspaper route. I still uh, interested in uh, investing because I, I remember watching CNBC at that early age. And, you know, I saw what my dad went through. We were not a wealthy family. We weren't poor either. We were a middle-class uh, family. And, you know, he was a New York City school teacher. And on top of that, he had his own small business and on top of that, he sometimes even taught night classes in order to make ends meet. So now you throw in a family illness and it complicates things even further because he already didn't have a lot of time necessarily, free time available. And now, you know, obviously top of that uh, priority list goes my mom and taking care of her and making sure she gets the needs uh, and what she needs available to her. And, you know, it, there were a lot of balls in the air, for sure. And uh, it was something that resonated with me and stuck with me. And I, I took that with me to, uh, to college. And as I was trying to explore what I wanted to do with my life, I, I went in pre-med thinking I wanted to be a doctor. And soon after, within a semester or so, I realized that that was not for me. And I started searching for what I was interested, what I was good at. I, I was interested in numbers. I liked CNBC. I liked the idea of you know, investing and compounding. I had uh, been given stock through uh, an aunt that had uh, passed away when I was in my teens. And I used to watch that stock religiously. And, and I, I watched what my dad was going through. And I felt like not, not that an advisor would have helped him mitigate anything that was going on with my mom or her health, but I felt like if he had somebody to rely on, to call, to run scenarios, or even if he had a plan prior to her getting ill, that it might have smoothed out some of the, you know, the, uh, the bumps in the road that he was going through. And as I started exploring and learning more about the profession and what advisors really did, you know, they weren't a stock jockey telling you to buy now and sell later. It was really advice driven, guidance helping you have a plan so that if you end up having a critical financial event in your life where, you know, something that was unexpected and impactful, like an illness, or even something good, like you're, you're getting married or having a baby or buying a house, that you had somebody to help navigate you through those life situations. And I, I felt like it was such a rewarding career that I could help people help them, you know, navigate those spaces. 
And it was something that I could do for a long time. It wasn't like a labor intensive job where, you know, after 20 years, maybe I had back injuries or arm injuries. So it really resonated with me. And, you know, like you said in the intro, it's been something I've been involved with in the profession for about 26 years now. And I, I'd have it now, no other way. Yeah. So now before we dive all, or jump over all 26 years, so you or had that interest, you did that during college coming out. Did you say right out of the shoot, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to start my own firm and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll figure it out. Or did you go get experience or work for others or kind of walk us through a little bit of that, uh, you know, that next phase after you go get the, the educational background? Yeah. So there were two things that I did in college that kind of helped me, I, I think helped set me up for success. One was I got an internship at the time was with Dean Witter, which is now uh, extinct. It's, it's, it was bought out by, well, I guess, what is Morgan Stanley. And I worked side by side with an advisor for about three months over the summer, which really just reinforced that that's really what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be. And subsequently, while I was doing that and not getting paid during the internship, I needed to have some income coming in. So I actually worked at uh, Denny's for an hour. Um, nothing against Denny's, but being a busboy was just not for me. And I ended up walking out of there, walking across the street and getting a job at a picture studio selling portrait packages. And uh, I really enjoyed that. I tell, I enjoyed talking to people about their babies and setting up, uh, you know, sittings to have photos. So really those two things combined really resonated. I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So when, when I left school, uh, the interesting thing there was we had firms, financial firms that came on campus and did on-campus interviews. I had uh, four interviews with four different companies. I got three offers um, from those uh, four companies. And the offer I ended up taking was with a firm that promised me that within, I think, 60 days, I would have all the licenses I needed to uh, be in the profession and, and be an advisor. So to me, whether they were the best offer financially or not, didn't really matter. I was like, man, in 60 days, I could have everything I need. That was attractive to me. So I went to work for somebody else, to your point, always having this entrepreneurial bug in me from the days of the paper route, which was somewhat entrepreneurial and doing other things along the way that were entrepreneurial, knowing that at some point that would probably be the route that I would end up going um, unless there was a big firm that could wow me and really show me that they had a better way than uh, I wanted to go. No, makes, uh, makes perfect sense. So now, so you come in and you say, okay, you know, go in, get the experience, get the licensing and otherwise do that as an opportunity. Now, just curious, you know, so they said 60 days Did it turn out to be 60 days or was it longer or how did that go? And then how long did you stay with them? Yeah. So that first firm, I, I it was about 60 days because I started with them like middle end of May, right after graduation. And I, I was licensed by August of that, uh, by that year. So probably June and July would have been the 60 days. Uh, I was licensed and, and I stayed with them about a, uh, a year. Um, it just, they were not what, you know, they were the antithesis of where I wanted to be, where I started. They were really that, um, what I call stock jockey firm, buying and selling and not the advice and guidance piece. It, it took me a couple of firms to actually find a good fit with that. Uh, but again, I had all my licenses, my credentials that I needed to operate. So, um, you know, kudos to them because they really helped me out tremendously. And I did learn a lot, 
uh, in terms of selling and marketing uh, during that year plus that uh, is invaluable or was invaluable. Oh, that's awesome. So it sounds like, you know, it was a, it got a lot of good experience, good opportunity, got the license in place. Now you said how long, or maybe I missed it. How long did you stay with them or how long did you didn't it, or work in there? Yeah, I, I was there about a year and uh, I started exploring some other opportunities. And then uh, I ended up taking some time off because after that year, my mom was really ill. So uh, mm. I ended up uh, taking about three or four months off. Uh, until she passed in in that October, you know, October of uh, 97, and then uh, started looking to get back into the swing of things. Uh, Again, you know, I think things for for me, I I have this feeling that things are meant to be and things happen for a reason. And, you know, my leaving there might have been for one reason, but I think it really helped me in another way. And that's been hugely impactful to me that that time that I got to spend with my mom prior to her passing is uh, time nobody could ever take back from me for sure. Absolutely. So, so now you do that, so, you know, you have the, you know, take some time off. I come, you know, think it's great. Yeah. You know, there, to your point, there is not a way that you can go and get that time back. And while you can always say, Hey, slow the, my career down a bit or didn't make as much income, definitely worth it. So, so now you go do that and you're, you know, after taking a bit of that, time off or otherwise, you know, taking that uh, breather for a bit, spending time with the mom. Now as you're coming back, you know, how did that, what did your, how did you figure out what you were going to do next, what that would look like or where you were going to go from there? Yeah. So from there, a friend of mine was starting a firm. So I went to work for him for a little bit and really the the next couple of years, I kind of popped around between a couple of different firms, uh, you know, trying to find my way and something that was a really good fit for me. And, you know, really, uh, you know, I, I was there with a, a buddy of mine who started a firm here on Long Island. Then I, I was with um, Morgan, well, now it's Morgan Stanley, but at the, uh, at the time it was a predecessor firm, Solomon Smith Barney, spent a couple of years there. And then uh, ultimately prior to me launching my firm, I was with Bank of America or Merrill Lynch or Fleet. It, it merged like so many times in a short period of time that I was there. Uh, but I, I think the important thing is before we kind of launch into me starting my own firm is, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think this is something that is a big takeaway for anybody who's listening, you know, just because you don't jump into an entrepreneurial venture. And I, I don't know that most people should. I think there's a lot of opportunity to learn from others. And even if you don't find a good fit, there's usually at least one, two, three different things that you can take away from an experience that maybe in that moment you may feel or think it may not be relevant, but I assure you at some point in the future, you're going to be like, man, I, I took that away from a thing, you know, two employers ago, that was hugely helpful to me in my career today. And I think if you go into opportunities with that mindset that you're just wanting to learn and absorb and have it stick with you that you could take it with you forever going forward, then no matter what the opportunity, then it was worth it. No, it sounds like I I definitely agree with you. So, so now as you're now catching us up, so at some point, you know, so now you're coming out and, and, and jump or help us to kind of jump or jump to the next phase, which is you decided to go the entrepreneur route or you decide. So is that kind of, fulfilling the dream that you always wanted to do and you're going to go down that route and you finally had the the bandwidth the time and the and the ability or kind of you know how did you and how did you make the decision to to finally go that route and, and start your own thing 
Yeah. So I, I think it was a combination of all those experiences that I had. Really, what I was searching for was an opportunity to always do things in the families we were working with in their best interests and not necessarily uh, worry about sales and goals. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and I, that was something I always put paramount to me was I always was going to act in the family's best interest, even if it suffered, you know, if my pocket suffered, so be it. You know, my feeling was if we do the right thing by the families that we serve, good things will always come and revenues will follow. And unfortunately, almost every stop along the way, you know, it was a similar story prior to me launching my entrepreneurial journey. And, and that story was, oh, hey, we want you to do the right thing by the families that you work with. But oh, by the way, you know, what's your revenue or what's your production for the month or the quarter? And it always boiled down to that. And to me, you know, there were conflicting and competing interests that really shouldn't exist because my feeling was the question should always be how many families did you help this quarter? What was the impact you had on those families? Because everything else will follow. And because I wasn't able to find that in uh, working for others, I decided, you know, back in uh, September of 2004, which I pretty much made that decision a year prior that I was going to have to do this thing on my own and launch something on my own where we would follow though that mantra where basically we're more concerned with and our primary interest is doing the right thing by the client helping the families we serve and everything else will follow and and that's what we do here at midland financial so now so you you know it makes perfect sense and you know so you now you make that leap and sometimes when people make the leap it's everything they wanted they find they love it works out great other times you get in there you hate it. You don't want to do it anymore. And sometimes you love it, but it's still a lot more work and a lot more difficult than you thought. So kind of as you make that leap over and say, okay, I'm going to take the time to, you know, pursue that. And otherwise I go after it. How did it go as you're starting up the company and, and getting that in place? Yeah. So, I mean, listen, I think what you're, what you just uh, kind of reflected by all those emotions, that's entrepreneurship, right? Absolutely. If you're an entrepreneur, you're, <laughs> You're feeling all those feelings at one time or another. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And, you know, every day is a, a different venture. And, you know, there were trials and tribulations and, and uh, you know, high points and low points. And the reality is, no matter what was going on, I, all, I never felt like it was a bad decision. It was always something that I was like, you know what, this is great. I, I was committed to it and I was going to grow it. And, you know, it, it's a learning process and it was continual learning. You think you know as much as you need to know to start that entrepreneurial venture, but you never do. It's a learning process. I think entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur is part of uh, being a student, right? And learning from what's going on in and around you. So, you know, all those emotions were felt certainly, but ultimately when all said and done, I always felt like it was the right thing I, that I did. And I feel like I, I built better relationships with those people we serve. And some of those cases now today, we're, we're serving second and third generations of those families that I started working with, you know, almost 20 years ago. And uh, it, it's been something that uh, has been very meaningful uh, for me as a person and as a career. Mm. No, sounds like it was a great, uh, great opportunity. Now you've been doing it for 19 years. And so obviously, you know, you beat the whatever amount of years that they always say that, you know, small or startups or small businesses fail, but give us an idea. It's kind of, you know, was it 
straight out of the shoot, rocket shit to the top, more clients than you know what to do with, or kind of what was that progression of the business over the 19 years as, as we're catching up to, to where you're at today? Yeah. So, I mean, I, listen, you know, everybody has their own path, right? I, I think, you know, planning entrepreneurship is a little bit personal, right? And uh, I, I took a little bit of a different tact. Uh, my whole idea was when I launched the company, my, my oldest son was uh, about one, uh, a little over uh, 12 months at that time. And my, my youngest son, who's with us today, wasn't, wasn't even with us at that point. And I made a concerted effort that I was going to be around for them as a dad, spend time with them. And, you know, did the business not grow as fast as a result? Yeah. But uh, at the same time, that was a decision I made and was something I was very comfortable with. So, you know, we've, we've kind of, we experienced some significant growth out of the gate. We kind of leveled off. And some of that was due to me wanting to have that family time over business. And, you know, quite frankly, in the last two to three years, you know, we're empty nesters now, my wife and I, and now the business is back in this explosive growth mode, which is fantastic. So, you know, I, I think the point that I would leave with your, you know, listeners today is, you know, you have to define what that entrepreneurial journey means to you. Uh, because if you are, you know, if, if your goal is just, you know, grow the business, you know, at all costs, then you have to prepare differently than if you're not, you know, that's not your goal. And, uh, you know, I did some things over the years kind of through that whole uh, value proposition around my family first. For instance, when I opened up the company, I was, uh, my office was about 25 miles from the house. And uh, here on Long Island, depending on the day, that could take me 35, 40 minutes on a good day. It could take me an hour and 15 on a bad day. And, you know, as my son started getting older, uh, you know, two, three, I made, we made a decision that we were going to move the office. I circled a 10 mile radius around my house and found an office seven miles from the house, 12 minute drive on a bad day. Um, could, could potentially there be more opportunity from where I used to be because it was more centrally located? Yes, but I wanted to surround those values. So, you know, I think you have to know what you want and then build a game plan around that, which I certainly have. And the game plans now has morphed over the years based upon how things have fundamentally changed within my, within my family structure. No, sounds like it was a, a great journey and uh, it continues to be an on, ongoing great journey. So, well, maybe uh, catch us up. So where's the business at today? You said, you know, it's, you've had some more explosive growth re recently. So kind of where is it at and kind of where do you see it going in the next six to 12 months? Yeah, I mean, the business is doing uh, super well. We, you know, we're serving more families than ever. We're looking to add capacity in terms of additional advisors and additional stakeholders within the organization. So that's, that's always good. We're, we're growing. And really what I'm looking to do is set the, the, uh, the, the organization up for, um, you know, future growth where it, where it'd be a situation where I don't necessarily have to be involved in all the day-to-day -day decisions perhaps uh, and, and grow the organization around me. You know, I think um, Dan Sullivan's, uh, uh, his vision is, you know, create a self-managing company, right? That's, that's really where you want to strive for. And that, that's really where I am uh, striving to move the organization to a self-managing company. You know, we launched this, we launched our own podcast, the Midland Money Mindset two years ago. Our listenership is on the rise consistently there. 
um, tax day this year. Uh, so April 18th, 2023, I have a book coming out, uh, financial planning, planning made personal, uh, which is coming out. So these are all avenues that I wasn't able to really focus in on five, seven, 10 years ago. I just didn't have the time. Now I have the infrastructure and the time to do that. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're poised for, you know, a double in the next five to seven years. Awesome. Well, sounds like a, a great trajectory and a, a great uh, path to be headed on. So, well, now as we uh, reach kind of the the present day of the journey and looking a bit into the future, great time to transition to the the two questions I always ask at the end of each episode. So we'll jump to those now. Um, so the first question I always ask is, along your journey, what was the worst business decision you ever made? What did you learn from it? Yeah, probably the worst business decision. And I, I don't know if this is necessarily a, no, I guess it was a decision. And that is, you know, um, sharing being authentic. And I, and I don't mean that I was ever uh, not authentic, but, um, you know, one of the areas that changed for me and, and has been a huge growth driver in the last five years, especially with the advent of social media and website development, et cetera, I, I always felt like people didn't want to know exactly all the things I was doing or what I was up to or where I was going. And, uh, you know, kudos to my wife. My wife really sat me down and said, listen, you know, you got to start putting that stuff out there because people want to do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if you put that out there, they'll get to know you better, quicker, and faster. And it will allow them to approach you rather than you having to necessarily market to them. And that was something I, I basically went all in on a couple of years ago. So there wasn't really a financial impact per se, where it was, hey, I lost $50,000 or something like that. I definitely think I lost some time because I wasn't willing to put myself out there and be vulnerable. But I tell you this, uh, the best decision I did was listen to my wife and kind of change that and uh, remold that. And it's been incredibly powerful to see the results of, uh, of being out there being vulnerable and even putting all that authenticity on the line. It, uh, it really adds a lot of value to a business. And I, I don't think it's just mine. I think it's really any type of business can benefit from that type of uh, interaction. Absolutely. No, it sounds like a great opportunity or great uh, lesson and great, some great uh, takeaways and a uh, good mistake to learn from. Um, so with that, now we'll jump to the second question, which is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Do it. <laughs> you know, every, I, I mean, every entrepreneur that I've ever talked to, right. They don't say that, you know, I've never met one that says, man, I wish I didn't become an entrepreneur or launch that business. Or I wish I would have waited five years or 10 years longer to launch that business. Most of the time, the answer is, man, I wish I would have done it sooner. So there's no better time than the present. You know, obviously you want to do it smartly. Make sure you have your ducks in a row. You're prepared. Uh, you prepare yourself for taking that entrepreneurial leap and being financially, uh, mentally, and, uh, and physically health uh, in line to do that. And uh, don't wait you know, don't wait, get it done and, and start today. And don't be one of those people like even myself. I, I say, Hey, I really enjoy what I do. The only regret I have is I wish I would have started a little bit earlier and maybe that'll happen anyway, but 
you know, I think if you kind of get your ducks in a row, get that mindset in place, you don't have to necessarily be that person. You can start right away and, uh, you know, live the life you want to live and create the business you want to create. Absolutely. No, the, definitely a, a great uh, piece of advice. Great takeaway. And I think that I, for, it, it, unless you get in and you just hate being an entrepreneur, which happens and I don't even hate yeah, it, sure. just find out you don't love it, but I think almost everybody else is, man, I wish I would have started earlier and I wish I would have done this sooner just because it, it really is, is once you kind of get that bug or get that opportunity to do it on yourself, uh, you know, or do it by your, or do it on your own or, or have the captain your own ship. It just makes it so much uh, more enjoyable. So I think that's a, a great takeaway. So, well, as we're now wrapping up, if people want to be a uh, customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? Yeah, easiest way is if you go to check out our website, midlandfinancial.com, it's M-I-T-L-I-N financial. You can uh, connect with me there or I'm on every social media platform. If you put in my name, uh, it will come up shoot me a DM, connect. I'd be happy to uh, connect with you and, uh, and talk to you about whatever your needs are, whatever your goals are, whatever those objectives of you connecting with me are. I'd be happy to have a conversation and see how we might be able to create a mutually beneficial relationship, however that may be. Awesome. We'll definitely encourage everybody to reach out, connect, and if nothing else, uh, make a new best friend. So with that, thank you again, Lawrence, for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners that are out there, if you have your own journey to share and you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to have you. So just go to inventiveguest.com, apply to be on the show. A couple more things as listeners. Make sure to click share, subscribe, and leave us a review so we can make sure to share this these awesome journeys with even more startups and small businesses to help them along their journey of success. And on that note, if you ever need help with uh, your patents or trademarks or anything else along your journey, Feel free to reach out to us at uh, Miller IP Law. Just go to strategymeeting.com. Grab some time with us to chat. Thank you again, Lawrence, for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thanks, Devin.